0: A bed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Holman Grognard here on another episode. And it is early, early Saturday morning. I mean, it's still, it's like, oh, it's 1204. That's what the clock says. Anyway, I thought I'd do this really early, just to just to get it out there. And I missed the any live feed, but I did get a little feedback from a couple of people, and I want to send out some congratulations. Congratulations to Jacob Hurst and his crew for winning an any for the dark of Hot Springs Island. And my man, Glenn Seal from Monkey Blood Designs. Him and his crew, they got Best Cartography for the Midderlands. One of my favorite ones. So, congratulations. And to all the winners, congratulations. So, I've been sitting here reading Midderlands Expanded. He's a good boy. I'm also thinking about next year's North Texas game. And it got me to thinking again about post-apocalyptic scenarios because I do want to run some Mutant Future. I talked about this in an earlier episode, but there was a couple of things I forgot. And first of all, this first thing I wanted to talk about, it does not only apply to post-apocalyptic, to all genres. It's just this one seems to matter more than others. Tech levels. I think... Tech levels have to be set at the beginning of the campaign or the game or something like that. And some games, I think they set it too low, to tell you the truth. It all depends on how far into the future they're going to go, I guess. I mean, if you're going to go a couple hundred years into the future, um, well... (laughs) You know, a lot of things don't have a half-life of hardly anything. So, finding weapons and armor and things like that from before the bomb or however it happened is kind of a kind of an iffy thing, although I do have a theory about that. See, I like more modern weapons in a post-apocalyptic world. What I'm saying is, I'm thinking the apocalypse happened way after our current situation, our current timeline. I'm saying more of a, like, say, 22nd century or something like that. And we managed to mess it up and blow up the planet and everybody's surviving type thing. Really because I want a little more modern weaponry, armor, and other things hanging around. And my theory is, if people pass on something like, say, "Mm, let's not even go modern, let's not even go sci-fi, Let's go say there's a family that has a 20 6 rifle they pass along from generation to generation. Now, assuming they can make the ammo for it, and I think they can pass that knowledge along too, there's no reason why this piece of tech can't work in a post-apocalyptic world. If you're doing all the maintenance, you're doing all the... You know, you've filled the shells, you make sure everything's you clean the thing, you make sure everything's working. If something breaks, you have the knowledge to fix it, or you know somebody who does have the knowledge to fix it, even if they have to recast parts or whatever. I don't think, th- there's a lot of skills, I think, that will survive in that post-apocalyptic world. Just main, making basic weapons, or smelting, or arc welding possibly, you know, if you make fire, you can, you know, do that. So I think those things can survive better than say Gamble World. Gamble World wanted to introduce every, everybody to the medieval tech level, which I thought was kind of stupid because it looks like they were just trying to do, they were just repeating D&D only in the far future. Because they reduced everything was like say if you found a gun, they called it a quote artifact unquote from the ancient times and nobody had to use it and you know, all this stuff. It's like uh, you're just playing D and and swapping stuff out. You're 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 you got mutations instead of spells. You're just reducing people to handheld weapons with swords and things again albeit probably handmade but still you're just re- it's just D with the numbers filed off and, and it's just D with a genre shift as much as i admire gamble world that kind of bugged me so when something else like mutant future came along it made a little more sense so set your tech level is kind of important I would like I would set it to like 21st century uh, or 22nd century. Even then, you can you can come up with blasters and med kits that way, and you can still have some of the ancient stuff like a thirty i six, or a six gun or something like that. It's kind of in that sweet spot right there. So you got to establish your tech level, and what else? Dealing with the post-apocalyptic genre has its own little unique problems and solutions the first one i can think of is mutations everybody wants to be a mutant or a mutant animal or a mutant plant nobody wants to be a regular human i mean i don't think they're that depowered and if so they just give more stuff Make them a little better than the usual, Joe. Just like in, in D&D, where the people who go out adventuring in D&D are a cut above the regular peasantry. They're a little bit more trained. They're a little bit more savvy. They want to go out and do these things. And basically, that's what people are doing is adventure. These aren't the people who are just trying to survive the apocalypse. You can do that in a zombie movie or a zombie game. It's another thing I don't like a zombie game. Survival is his own reward has never flown with me. No sorry. I don't want to survive. I want to prosper. So, so you have that. So nobody wants to play pure straight human. All right, let's see. Okay. Mutations. I think mutant future, and I'm going to say mutant future a lot because that's what I'm dealing with right now. I think mutant future deals with it the best because their mutant tables, the mutations tables do a better job I know there's other mutation tables you can use, and you can get them from third parties and stuff like that, but the basic mutation tables in Mutant Future are pretty good. Nobody wants to go higher than 58 on the physical, 86 on the mental, and 84 on the plant tables, because after that, it's all drawbacks, and nobody likes those. So the whole point of the players is they're trying to get as much bang for their buck without getting the drawbacks. It turns into a superpowers lottery after a while. My gut reaction to that would be to limit the mutations. Because they, could, if they roll right, they can end up, end, up, end up with a boatload of mutations that could just run roughshod over your, your campaign world and your scenarios and things like that. Lord knows they want to do them things. Well, you know, player agency and all that. But what I'm saying is it can make it really hard for you. And I don't think these games need to be any harder than necessary. Not saying that they can't do what they want, but giving them enough mutations to take out an army by themselves, it's not good. It's not good. I started with first edition Gamma World, and I ended up with a character that had something like 12 mutations because he had something called a dual brain, and each... He had two brains basically, and each brain had its own set of mutations, and he could just kill something with a look. And after a while, it got boring. So you really got you really got to look at the mutations. You got to look at the classes and how many mutations the character, or should I say the races and how many mutations the character gets, and then go, you know, go in that direction because this just isn't like. Another way to do a superhero game. And so I wouldn't, I would take a look at the the mutations. I would take a look at the number of mutations and adjust accordingly. Because also, if they give them too many mutations, it's hard to keep up with it. They can keep up with it because they got it right there on their sheet. But unless you take notes and you have, you know, I'm not, see, I'm not one to have everybody's stats in front of me, everybody, you know, copy their character sheet. I just trust them, and I pretty much know what they can do in a d and D type world, a fantasy world, say Swords and Wizardry or something. But in Mutant Future, that's a lot to that's a lot to keep track of, mental and physical mutations. You kind of, I kind of got a ballpark figure of what each character can do, but unless I want to take copy character sheets, that's going to be a problem. So, anyway, I think I laid that out pretty well. So, be careful with those things. Those are just a couple of addendum things I want to talk about, about post-apocalyptic. I love post-apocalyptic. I may go and do another one, another episode on this just to finish up, but maybe next time. All right. Well, go out, have a great day. And until I see you next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye (laughs) bye